Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about stress and anxiety and how this can stem from unused energy or uh, a lack of margin or anything else that just might be eating up other things in your life. Or maybe it's that little tiny voice in the back of your head. Yes. Everyone has one. They do. It's talking right now. It's your consciousness. Uh, and it's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Were you drinking water and then just spit it out? I was drinking water and I almost spit it out. Because <laughs> I didn't expect you, like, you to say Are you say sitting it. in front of your desk right now and you almost lost a piece of gear? I'm... I'm I'm yes. I'm close enough. Where my cup overstay your backup. <laughs> it would be manly for this one. Oh no. <laughs> We're all good. I kept it in my mouth. I'm glad you kept it in your mouth, Sam. <laughs> all right. So, ha- Sam, have you ever sent off a mix or a master? I guess with me, it would just be a master mm-hmm. to a client uh, only to have that small dick of a voice. <laughs> come in the back of your head saying you suck why are you wasting your time on this they're obviously going to hate it the inevitable welp they haven't responded in four minutes since this email has been sent my career is trash yes you ever had that oh yes i've had that this is a very normal uh doesn't mean it's healthy but a normal so at 10 years it still happens i don't have it anymore honestly i've worked through it which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. Mm-hmm. But for the first, I don't know, six years of me doing music, I would have this cycle of, okay, I hope I get work, and then I get the work, and then all of a sudden I'm doubting, can I even do this work? Can I make something sound great again? What if I can't mm. make it sound great again? What if I can't make it sound like my last project I did that they hired me for? And all of a sudden, I am living in the past, which to me, this is bullet point number one. Living in the past is a form of depression to me, where you are mm. stuck in the past trying to go back to a situation and you can't go back in life. The universe only moves one way, and that is forward. And really, it doesn't even, it's moving forward, but you only have the present moment. That's all we have. So you either have the present moment or memories, or you're trying to predict the future. And none of that is helpful. The only thing that is helpful is being present. But within this cycle, I would start to question, can I make it sound as good as the last project? And all of this, all of a sudden, like I would be basically dying to get this work and now that I have this work it has plagued me with doubt and anxiety of whether or not I can perform whether or not I can execute and give them what they want and now all of a sudden I'm living in the future I haven't even started the project and now I'm basically picturing myself sending off the song and then being like this sucks, it's not as good as the last project or it's not as good as so and so's work and then I lose the client and then no one wants to work with me, and then I lose my house, and then I'm homeless. <laughs> and that is the spiral that I know I'm not alone in because I've talked to a lot of people about stress and anxiety within the music industry, and there is this fear that we all kind of possess of, 
I need to get work. Okay, I got the work. Now I hope I can execute. What if I can't execute? Now I executed. Now I sent it off. I sent it off. I felt really great. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, I wish I could hit the undo send button because I'm sure it's terrible. And the things we're worrying about is all future-based and we're projecting our own deep insecurities, deep trauma, deep hurt that has happened to us, in my opinion, onto the client, onto our work. And all the while, we don't know anything because we cannot predict the future. And so usually what happens in this situation, what I noticed and why I stopped doing this cycle is 99% of the time the client likes it. So that's great. But then I would experience this other thing. So the client loves it. And then I feel really great for like 10 minutes and we close the project out, and then all of a sudden, I get into this cycle again of doubt and anxiety, of thinking about the future, which is, oh crap, now I need another project. And the project I just successfully executed and got through has lost all joy because now I'm stressed and anxious about the next project that has to come in or that just did come in. And so it's this loop, cycle, broken record thing that really puts your mind into this stressful, anxious cycle of, I need work. Oh, great, I got the work. Oh, crap, I hope I can execute. Okay, I execute, I send it off. Oh, crap, I hope that's good. Oh, they love it, that's great. Everybody's happy. Oh, crap, now I need another project. And it's just this roller coaster of up and down and up and down and up and down. And I found in my work and in my life that this is the most unsustainable way Um, to function as a human because you are just emotionally and mentally a mess and you become a shell of a person. And really, for me, it was I was always dependent on other people's affirmation and I was always seeking for validation via my work and via people saying I'm great. And I really... um, you know, three, three and a half years ago, found myself in a place of just exhaustion. Um, I was working a lot. I was making money, but I was absolutely miserable because I had hmm. no balance um, within my within my work. I had no balance within my relationships with my wife, with my friends. Um, and I just, I had no boundaries and I found myself just always stressed and anxious. And for probably a good six months, um, when I kind of hit this brick wall and I started going to therapy and counseling, which was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was, it was a really hard time of unpacking that, I really had neglected myself for many years and the reasons why I was so scared about whether or not a client liked it or whether or not it'd end up homeless if nobody worked with me really stemmed from kind of a scarcity mindset, which we've kind of talked a little bit about before. But um, I know this story that I just kind of told is um, it's not unique because I've talked to a lot of people, which is why I wanted to do this episode um, to hopefully help people kind of navigate stress and anxiety because it's a real thing in the music industry. And um, I think it's one of the main things that keeps people from being able to really 
uh, function in a healthy way and keeps them from their bu- their business really growing into a sustainable thing. And um, that's kind of why I just I feel like it's super important because unless you can, and Matt, I want you to talk about your you know you talk about margin and, and resting and things like that, and I want you to talk about that, but. Until you find this balance of work, rest, and life, and relationships, and living in the present, um, and not worrying about the future, and not thinking about the past, it's going to be a really hard go. So that's my opening monologue one, Matt. What do you think? Talk I like to me. how there has become a little bit of a format. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Snarky remarks on intro. Someone has a monologue. Someone can't stop talking. Exactly. And then somebody comments, typically a little witty. Monologue two begins. You know, a little bit of a transition of the podcast. It only took closing remarks. Thirty some episodes to find a flow, and we've done it. Uh, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, what you're saying is. You get yourself stressed out to a point to where you're just constantly circling the drain. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, that's definitely no way to live. And like, it just kind of sucks. Yes. Um, I find that like, if there's, I don't know, like typically like nine times out of 10, and it's even more than that, whenever I turn back in a mix, there's never a revision. And it's like, there are occasionally, but like, I don't know, call it 9 out of 10. There's never a revision. Everyone's stupid happy about it. If there is a revision, chances are it's just like it's a mixed thing and it's nothing that it's nothing that I did. It's like, oh okay, well now everything's louder. So we can now hear that, oh hey, something is kind of weird or hey, this is off. Can I go fix it and you rerun it? I'm like, sure, whatever. I don't care. Um, it's like I have recall notes and so yeah, I mean it'll take like 5 minutes. Um, so, I mean, given that you're not putting in a whole new part, um, but yeah, I mean, mastering in and of itself can get pretty stressful just because of the nature of the situation. I've said this before, is that typically in mastering, you reach a point where the client is out of time and money and they're pushing you when you just got it yesterday and it needed to be done last week. Or maybe it needed to be done a couple months ago. And like you have a local paper that, or their paper or whatever that's already writing about it uh, in like a scene section or something like that. And they're like, yeah, it was supposed to be out in X month, or it, it's coming out at the end of the month, and then it's a couple months later and nothing's really happened to it. And so suddenly you're in a mastering position of like, okay, I wanna do the best job I can, but you're being pushed in a pretty unfair way due to circumstances in which you had like no control over. So I completely see how there's a ton of stress that can get involved with all of this. Um, so, but I feel like if there's typically a problem from a mix, I'm sorry, from a master that I turn in at this point, it's more, and this, I don't want this to seem like I'm, bragging or anything it just kind of what i've noticed is that if there is an issue then typically that stems somewhere from um 
what I want to call it. It stems from a uh, like an uncommunicated expectation. So that's where I'm finding a lot of uh, like revisions or something like that. Like like something was not adequately communicated, and that's something that I can't control because if it was communicated and all parties understood it, then it's like, okay, well, I'll just do that. I'll just deliver that. And it's like, or if you need like, if you wanted something like, like you wanted the vocal down, you kind of wanted it, I, I, I call it like almost pillowed into the master so that it's kind of like you have like the mix kind of coming around all sides of the vocal, which I'm not really a fan of that, but some people that I work for really kind of enjoy that. Um, I, I, I kind of call it uh, greasy, but um, just because you kind of have like any mud and stuff like that, like that can, you got to be careful because that can really creep in front of a vocal. Um, it's like, I don't know, it's just if you didn't want that, then that may have not been accurately communicated. Or just, hey, can you go back and we just like add a touch more of that? And it's like, sure, whatever, no problem. Um, so, I mean, it takes a while to get to that point and a fair bit of self-confidence to get to that point as well. Um, so, but I mean, you, I mean, I, when I first started out, I mean, there was always that small voice that was a jerk. Like, why are you wasting your time on this? They're obviously going to hate it. Or the whole, well, I haven't had a project in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Uh, everyone must have caught on to me and, you know, found the person who's not an imposter at doing this. And um, it's like they might have gone to somebody else. Something that that's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I might edit this part out later. Um, but it's just a random thought. Um, bands that I would get when they were kind of in their infancy, like they were kind of recording, um, call it themselves, or they're kind of like lower budget recordings that I would get a master. And it wouldn't be like a perfect master because it wasn't a perfect mix. And I mean, granted, there's a like, you're never going to have that. But I mean, it was just far from perfect. We'll call it that. And so the delivery was far from perfect, but it's about as close as I could get it. But when they accepted it, they were happy because um, it was far better than the far from perfect mix. <laughs> the far from better <laughs> master was better than the far from perfect mix. Right. So I've kind of found that as those bands grow and stay together over the years, that they are not necessarily coming back. And um, and like that that's that kind of plays around in your head because it's like, well, I've done a couple of your albums, so it's like I wonder if you're kind of going in a different direction sonically, so you're changing everything up, mm-hmm. or I don't know. So that's kind of like that's kind of what's been going around in my head just to keep the conversation, um, pretty lively, yeah, and pretty relevant and current. And this could be a cool thing that in a later episode, uh, we will follow up on. But I mean, just. So people know, yeah, there's still, like, shit that goes around in your head and being like, you literally sit in this room, and it's like, I haven't had a project all week, but it's kind of been nice because I've been traveling so much. Um, but, like, you have those things in your head about, like, oh, well, maybe I didn't do this right or do this right, but it's like, you know, like, all this stuff is, like, on the the is like on the front, and it is, like, coming because it is scheduled. It just... 
Like you know that you had a down week, so right. you're, you need to fill this week with stuff that's productive, as opposed to just like sitting here stewing over stuff that just does not matter. Yeah. And so the big question is, why in the world do we do this to ourselves? Right. It's completely unnecessary, and it's completely unnecessary worry. Right. And it just leads to stress and anxiety. Right. So. I have Do you want some to thoughts. pick it up from there? I have some wisdom on this, I think. I will take all the wisdom. I think I have a little bit here. Not that I'm in a hole. I'm just really <laughs> curious. I'm like this. So, this is how my brain works. Um, I, it's more, I will drum up these thoughts. Right. And everybody drums up these thoughts. But me, I have them. And then I'm like, huh, I wonder where that came from. And I wonder how this will resolve. Yeah. And so I will literally go down this rabbit hole to a very unhealthy point. Yes. Just so I can figure it out because I am Curious George. Yes. And I'm going to hurt myself in the process. <laughs> um, but I want to understand it. And I don't feel like not understanding it is acceptable. So I don't mind hurting myself. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of knowledge, I suppose. Right, right. So, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Okay, here so. are my thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, when bands go and use someone else, I've had this happen hundreds of times. Probably, and I'm not offended. Like nothing, right. nothing's happened. I don't know. I'm I, just saying, like nothing has happened. Right. But just the current voice. Right. And I've had this happen throughout the ten years a lot. Like it happens. There are tons of bands that I'm still friends with or artists or even mixers that do not use me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it is, I've learned because when this first happened, I'm the type of person, I'm a people pleaser. That's my my Mm -hmm. core, which I'm not honestly, I don't know how to say it, but I'm not a people pleaser anymore. Meaning like I won't find my worth and affirmation from others approving or liking me. I mean, it's important Mm -hmm. to, I think it's important to fit in and have a community and not be a total ass. But (laughs) I think um, when this first started, so like I'd work with a mixer for two years and then all of a sudden, since it's Nashville, it's the music scene to me is very small. And all of a sudden, so-and-so is mastering all their stuff now. And I would think, well, what the heck? The last project we just, just did, like everybody loved it and I loved it and Mixer loved it, band loved it. It did well, you know, millions of streams. It's awesome. And I would go and and stew on that and I would just make up these stories. Uh, and maybe that's mm. kind of what, well, maybe you don't make up stories, but I would just create assumptions of, oh, well, they probably went to this person for this reason and, and you know, it has nothing to do with me. And uh, surely this has nothing to do with me. And I'm just trying to justify why they picked someone else. And then within that, I would justify within my pride and ego and a little hurt child somewhere of of being like, yeah, they're probably getting a lesser product and uh, they're missing out now. Which is like, Mm A, they're probably not missing out because they Mm -hmm. found someone else to do the work. They that found they a think. really good fit, probably. Yeah, they yeah. found a great fit, which is awesome, which is my goal and how I approach things now. Um, and that's very healthy. And then the other thing was people just change. Like that's, if I look at my life, like 
there are things I used to do, and I probably would have told you, like, I will never stop doing this thing. And three years later, I haven't done it in three years. You know, or like, I used to eat chilies all the time, and I was obsessed with chilies. I just love chilies. Grew up junior high, high school, college, chilies every week. I'd go at least once a week. I was obsessed with chips and salsa and quesadilla explosion salad and queso. And I was just but their chips are so thin. Oh, I just it doesn't matter. Dip it in ranch. No, you can't even get queso or anything because the chip just breaks off. It's a complete cop out for a chip. Then you double up. You stack them up, Matt. No, come on. No. Okay. Anyway, amateurs. I love Chili's chips. Anybody want to go get chips? We're going to Chili's. Listen, man you you have you have the right to be wrong. It's okay. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um. Let's see, what was I saying? Oh, if um, if you would have told me I would have stopped going to Chili's for, I think it was almost five years I hadn't gone to Chili's, uh, I would have told you you were crazy. I would have said, no way. Like, I go to Chili's every week. That's what I do. I eat at Chili's. And then there was a period when I got married and I started kind of learning about health and all of a sudden I was like, Chili's isn't that good for me. Hmm. Um I'm going to stop going to Chili's. And I stopped going to Chili's for like five years. I didn't go. And this was after going like every week for like eight years straight. <laughs> I'm not did even... Did you get the same thing? Like, did you have a, a usual? Yeah, quesadilla explosion, explosion salad because it's, it's a salad that comes with a quesadilla. <laughs> and it's awesome. And then you huh. come with chicken too. And then I would get chips and salsa with ranch dressing and I would get queso. And that's awesome. And then when I was 21... You know, they do two for ones all the time. So you get like two margs for one, obviously, or two beers. So Damn. just a great deal. You know, just a really great experience. <laughs> Are you a sucker for a good deal, Sam? I used to be. Not anymore. But I used to be that person who was like, oh, I'll, I'll buy the deal even if I don't like the thing just because it's a deal. But oh I don't do gosh. that anymore. But anyway, what I'm saying is there are things we do uh, and habits we have or things we, we enjoy at certain seasons of our life that sometimes don't work as we want to grow or move and change. And I think that's what I've noticed when the artists and mixers, like when any, anytime someone goes to someone else for mastering, um, my response is usually now uh, just kind of like, it's, it's a gratitude that I even got to be a part of their music to begin with. And then I just cheer them on. If it comes out hmm. and I like it, which I almost always do, there's so many talented people in town. Um, I tell them that, and I'll I'll tell other mas- the master engineer, hey, great job on this, you know. And I have yeah, like I a too. a really strong community in town of I'll say younger mastering guys, and we all support each other because we all know there's plenty of work, and we all do different things, and we all hear things differently, and we get clients that fit our workflow and our sound and sometimes the client wants my sound and sometimes the client may want your sound matter somebody else's and I no longer view any of that as a personal attack because anytime I've investigated it this long story of why I've projected onto them why they left me is never been true it's literally been like oh the band just wanted to go use this switch guy it up. switch it up or oh this guy said he'd do it for free and it's like whoa okay that's unusual, but I can't compete. Like, I don't want to compete with that. So that's fine. Yep. And it's just, it's always something 
that I have never predicted right. I've never been right ever in those loopholes where I like spiral down the rabbit hole and then find another rabbit hole. Like I don't think I've ever predicted the future right. And once I started to get some space and when I was going through counseling, that's what was really good was learning that my thoughts and emotions like aren't anything more than thoughts and emotions. And yes, they're powerful, but like if you can create some space and see, oh, here's the situation, here's what's happening, here's how I'm feeling or thinking, and then you kind of just reflect and observe it. And it's like you, Matt, I, I swear, Matt, you had some sort of divine wisdom put into you where you are oh, able hardly. to hardly you ha- you have it cuz you no you it's just this? gas well it's you just have, gas fine <laughs> whatever gas you have is good <laughs> i know what i'm full of sam don't you tell me full of gas you have a self awareness <laughs> that most people do not have in their life where you i will, think i have a curiosity that yes. most people don't have and, I, I don't think i have a self awareness well the curiosity i just go down the rabbit hole to a painful place but i'll tell you before we go too far down this part, yes, here's a challenge to everybody. Um, if you really want to break the mold, and if you really want to like kind of throw people for a spin and whatever, and if you're listening to something that you really love, if it's indie, if it's pop, if it's whatever, if you're listening to it, or at least find five things that you're going to listen to. Your chances are you're going to listen to at least five songs by five different uh, producers, master engineers, mix engineers, whatever. Write to five of them. Just a quick DM. If they respond, cool. If they don't, who cares? And just say, hey, man, I was listening to this. I really love what you did here or the whole album. Keep up the good work. Uh, yeah, and it's just like that comes like full circle. And they might uh, they might kind of be bogged down in this whole thing of like, man, this is just like kind of... Holy shit, <laughs> this life thing. <laughs> right. And it's like that might help somebody out. So I try to do that. And that's kind of where I am um, with any of these bands that are kind of going to a different person. It's like if I like what the work that they're doing, I'm going to let the band know. I'm going to let the mix engineer know. I'm going to let the new mastering engineer know. But my part is how do I do this in a way that doesn't sound passive aggressive? Yeah. Um, so that, that'll be an interesting thing. And that's the, another rabbit hole that I go down, um, is not seeming like short, like, oh, well, he's just kind of, it's, it's kind of like your old ex coming around type thing. Mm-hmm. So you just <laughs> drive it by the house real slow. Yeah. You just want to like make sure that that's not a thing, but it's just being like, Hey man, you did a really good job. I love the top end on all these songs. It sounds freaking awesome. Right. Uh, keep up the good work. Can't wait to see what's next or something. Yeah. And if you want to break the mold, I challenge you to do that to five people this week. That's a brilliant and challenge. If they respond, cool. If they don't, who gives a shit? Just just do it. Right. It's good for your it's good for your system and your mind to get that that celebration and gratitude out to people. It's good. Yeah. I love it. But that's what I mean, I've been through that situation hundreds of times and it has no reflection. I no longer view it as a personal attack or that I screwed something up. Um, because I know I have it. You know, I've served served the client, I've served the mixer, everybody signed off on it, it released, it did well. Even if it doesn't do well, I don't really care about numbers, honestly, anymore. Um, because it just it's it's always fluctuating of what's popular or not, and 
some songs sound awesome and don't do well, and some songs sound terrible and they do well. So it's way more than that. But I think, you know, just what I've observed in myself is when that happens, I just do what you said is like I celebrate the other people and um, I I cut off this. I cut off going down the rabbit hole now because I know it's not going to lead me anywhere. And it kind of just leads me to like, it's not like a uh, original principle, but it's the principle of, you know, what's the next right thing to do here, like in my life? Like I'm super busy. We're all super busy. Even if you don't have a full-blown music career, you're busy with life because life is just always moving and shifting and growing and you got stuff to do. And one of the most grounding things I do and I write down every day is like do one thing at a time. What's the next one thing I need to do? And it's never let me spend 20 minutes projecting and making up a false narrative on why I think this client went somewhere else. That doesn't do Hmm. anything for me. There's no, you know, like you like to talk about, um, you know, your return. There's no return on that other than stress and anxiety. And probably what I noticed is I started getting bitter at mixers where I'd be like, well, screw that guy. When we used to be friends like yesterday, <laughs> and now all of a sudden yeah. I spent 20 minutes you know, going down the rabbit hole, and then you know, I'd lay down at night and be like, it, it looped back in, and I'd be like, oh, screw that guy. He doesn't know what he's missing. Screw that. I hate that guy. He's such an idiot. And it's like all this, it's just this pride and ego. That's all it is. It's not who I really am. It's not who I want to be. It's just a pride ego thing that is wrapped up in some sort of, I think it's like instinctual survival brain competition um, that we've been conditioned to have um, either by ancestry things when we used to have to fight lions or run away or it's just our culture has created it. But whenever that's the interesting thing is if you can create some space and observe it and poke it and be curious about it, I've found that I'm always like, this isn't who I want to be, nor is this how I want to use my energy. And so I have this little bit of space where I go, well, what do I want to be doing now? And the answer is usually, well, I need to work on this project that I like. Uh, I need to go eat dinner with my wife. I need to put my phone down and like go hang out with some friends that we scheduled, you know, go get drinks with or something. And I just tell myself, well, that's what I really want to be doing. And then I just do it. And it's amazing how um, your body and the way you feel emotionally and mentally will follow, you know, it'll follow the action you take. So as soon as I like put the phone down or go do the thing I want to do within 20 minutes almost, it's like, all the stress and anxiety has gone away and I'm present with whatever I actually should be doing or want to be doing. And that's how I've found to come like combat all that. So that's my little bit of wisdom. Hopefully that helps. Who knows? So going back to that challenge real quick. Yes. So I remember from, and I, I feel like people think I watch Gary Vee a lot more than I do because I, <laughs> yes. I don't. But like something cool that I remember he did was how to invest, uh, how, how young people can start investing for like 20 cents a week. And he did it in a really cool way and kind of like a pun-ish way or a punny way is... He said, literally DM 10 people a week, or maybe it's 10 people a day. And so if you're giving them your two cents, 
Huh? Right. Two cents? Uh-huh. You do it 10 times, you uh-huh. get 20 cents? I got it. That's an investment. So whether you do that a week, whether you do that a day, whether you do that a month, um, and not saying that you need to give your opinion like your two cents, it just kind of like fits the narrative. Right. But um, just to be like, hey, man, I really love what you did here. Um, yeah, keep up the good work. I'd love to hear like what you did here. Or, I don't know. Just like or just encouragement. Right. I mean, I, I just I just think that that comes back around 100 percent. Yep. So, okay, I'm done with my challenge. Great. And the other thing I'll say real quick is even if they don't say anything, I can almost assure you that they'll still see it. Like I've had oh, that yeah. where I've been like Even if it's not even like red. Right. And it comes it does come back especially in Nashville. I know like stuff happens. Like weird things happen, political things happen within labels and who can be on what project and certain people are liabilities to things and I've I mean, like, to be transparent, I've been fired off projects. And, like, it usually has nothing to do with the ability or skill. It has to do with the fit and what you represent and how that reflects the artist or the label. Because everything's so, like, it's like a boss who, like, goes on Facebook and sees someone getting hammered every night. They're like, well, probably don't want to trust you with something because I just see you getting hammered every night. Is that fair? I don't know. But people do that. They check you out and that can be a liability. It's like doing your research. But I know like in town like the higher up you get, the more political it gets. And so you may not get a project strictly because you don't have X Y and Z relationships or you may stand for something different than what the band or the label wants. Mm-hmm. And I've found any time that's happened if I've gotten let go from a project um, that I will, you know, just be grateful for the opportunity. And it's never any project I've been let go to from has never been. Um, it's never felt like hurtful. Other like I don't feel like anyone's like, "Oh, screw you, you suck, dude, you're off." It's more like a, mm-hmm. this just isn't the best fit for you know everybody involved. And, um, you know, I'll be grateful for that. And then I'll usually send like an email to the band or whoever, be like, hey, so and so knocked it out of the park. Sounds great. Not that you need my approval or anything, but sounds great. You know, so cool. And a lot of times, obviously, that may come off as like a weird, like passive aggressive because it's just not normal behavior for someone to celebrate another person that replaced you, you know. but I've noticed over the years, as that's happened, like almost every band or mixer, whoever, like the relationship will be restored. And I almost end up, I think with everybody I've been let go from, I've still worked with them in some form or capacity because there wasn't a bridge burnt. Mm. And it had nothing to do with the skill. It was more so a fit, you know, of the timing. And I think that's important within the music industry is like you have to understand that almost everything in the music industry is about timing to where like yep. an artist will be looking for songs and so the writers are writing. And if you miss that window and you're a writer, you could be writing the best song in the world and the artist won't give a crap because they're currently in recording stage. And then if you're a mixer and you want to mix for a certain band but the band is already past mix stage, you're not going to mix it. And it's the same with mastering. If they're already like, well, release date's tomorrow, you should have hit us up like two months ago, then you don't get to master it. And then if the label has like single date release, another single, music video, whatever album comes out, if you are 
out of that timeline for like any part of it, you're not getting the gig, even if you're fully competent and great and awesome and you're a wonderful human. Like that's what people don't realize in this industry. And what I had to learn was like everything I was rabbit holing and going down and, and saying like, they must not be working with me because of something I'm doing. It's really kind of never been the case at the end of the day. And you just don't understand that until you've had the experience to see it. Um, and as long as you don't let that make you bitter, and as long as you don't harness that um, into like a false narrative about the person, the client, the label, whoever, um, and you express gratitude, it's going to come back. It always does because that's how the world works. And people are always watching to see how you respond. And I noticed that very early on, especially within Nashville, was like, if I respond negatively to this, and if I am a jerk about this situation of either getting criticized or getting let go from a project, any, like the first time I was like kind of like a screw you mentality, it just burned a bridge immediately, never worked with the person again. And that doesn't do anything for anyone. It doesn't move anyone forward. It just creates a weird tension, and then all of a sudden you have this like scar on you where you're like, well, screw that guy, he sucks. And it's just usually based out of like kind of what you said earlier, Matt, which is like there was an expectation that wasn't made clear, there was bad communication, or you just weren't a good fit, and that's it. So let's leave it at that and move forward. So yeah, just wanted to wrap that with a little bow. So hopefully that helps someone, because it took me a long time to get to that point. <laughs> but I'm kind of a slow mover, so... No, it's good, man. It's good. Um, I want to talk about, can we talk about how you, I'm not going to say avoid stress and anxiety, but I want to talk about making, um, I want to talk about your margin, how you leave margin for yourself so you don't get stressed and anxious. Can we talk about that? Yeah, and I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm not perfect at it. Um, but I think that in general, you need to figure out what you need in life to not be anxious. And very early on doing this mastering thing, when I'm coming in really early and staying not like super late, but I mean, I'm every day that like, if I'm booked out, uh, every day is about a 13 hour day. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a full day. I'm pretty tired, but I may I want to make sure I get home uh, by dinner time, and then like help with bedtime, putting my kid down, and and my wife and I get to hang out, and it's like that's all really important to me. So I'm gonna organize my day so that I'm coming in earlier. Um, so, but very early on, I said I am not gonna work weekends, and I tried that game. I lost that game. Um. So it's like I, I want to build in this margin. Um, but then when my weekends get taken and I can't do the things that I want to do, like hang out with my family and like cut my grass or like wash cars or whatever I like to do on the weekends, um, I mean, that's just kind of like a lack of margin. Um, I mean, recently uh, I've been traveling a lot and like in planes with a – with a kid, and it just kind of is crazy. And you leave on Friday, and you get back on Sunday or Monday, 
and you're immediately back into work and there's absolutely zero margin and there's some stuff coming up that I really want to be excited for that's traveling that has been planned out for a long time, but uh, it's pretty difficult to be excited for that when you really are kind of tired of traveling because you've done it so much and the only thing you want to do is just kind of have like a nice weekend at home like when you just chill and you just like you just recover and recoup at least that's me uh i am an introvert i'm it's not that i need time away from people um i kind of noticed that before i was married i did need time away from people but like with my wife and kid and everything i like my wife's like, hey, if you want to go downtown to go have a cigar or something like that, you're more like, go ahead, go do that. Take care of yourself. And I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm away from them so much, and I'm like, in all honesty, the only thing I want to do is be with y'all. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just want like, I come in, and nine times out of ten, my kid runs over to the record player, grabs a record, which he's not supposed to do, but then he <laughs> runs back to the door. And so it's like we put like all the really crappy records that I don't care if they get messed up like towards where he typically grabs. <laughs> so he brings over like I it was like I think it was it was given to me. It was like the Sturgis brothers or something like that. Some really nasty 80s country, but like something that never really saw any distribution and uh I don't even like I literally think it was given to me in a lot. And uh so that'll be up front and he'll like hold it but the way he's holding it the record falls out on the floor. I was like, "Well, <laughs> we're definitely not playing this one." But Amidst all that, the kid loves to like dance and jump around and everything. So I will put a little bit more precious record on, and he'll help. He'll hold the little record clamp and everything. I'm like, okay, bring me the thing, two hands, and he'll do that. And so then we'll hang out. I mean, it's like a really cool routine at night that we do. Um, and that to me helps build in margin and kind of builds in routine. When I was younger, I didn't really need routine, but I'm kind of figuring out that I am needing that more. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out like what that means to create margin. And I'm realizing that as life changes, that margin and what that is also changes. Um, so it's kind of like whatever brings peace to your life, whatever kind of settles things back down to earth, like whatever you might need. I don't know what extroverts need. Um, I have an idea, but I, I'm not one. I'm kind of a disgustingly introverted human. So to the point to where like I didn't like any contact, but now it's like I just want to be with my wife and kid and just hang out. Yeah. So that's kind of that that's kind of margin now. Um I I would say for me it's kind of more of like a routine that I can plan on and a routine that I can count on and that I can schedule on. And I know that I have X, Y, and Z, and I'm not going to have to go running around an airport. And it's like a couple of weeks ago, we went up to um, uh, to go see uh, some in-laws up north. And I think, our, yeah, our we were delayed 30 minutes getting out of town, missed our flight by five minutes, headed up north, or from like when we were in Charlotte, like when we pulled into the gate in Charlotte, we had missed our flight by five minutes uh, because we were delayed and then uh, couldn't get a connecting flight just because the weather was so bad. So we had to 
stay in Charlotte another night and just messed up a lot of plans. And so it's like that can very easily eat away at any piece of life or not piece of life, but like peace of mind mm-hmm. that you might have and might just like completely eat away your margin. So, um, and like any, any of that stress and anything. So what I would say margin is, is find out what brings you peace in life and then kind of chase after that in order to build in margin. Yeah. So that's kind of what I think. No, I like I don't it. Know. I, like, I might have talked in circles. I might have stayed right, laser on topic. You're right. I ramble on. though, so I like it. I think the I think the routine thing, and I like your wording of like finding your peace or where is your peace at, and that yeah. I think for me, you know, I am an extrovert, and um, I still I still need time alone. In that I find, as an extrovert, I have a tendency to be more socially active. Um, not that introverts are not social, because my wife's a heavy introvert, but she has great relationships and goes out and stuff. But I thrive more off of groups um, and doing group activities, I'll say. But I've found the the way I find my peace or find my margin is actually by being alone and for me, it's been meditation and like a gratitude journal every morning and having that routine. And I found having a routine um, has maybe been one of the biggest anti-stress, anti-anxiety things I've done because it allows my brain to no longer have to dance around what is going to happen during that during the day. Um, mm. And that's where... To me, anxiety is all future-based. It's a what-if situation. What if this happens? What if I do this? What if this happens to me? What if I get nervous? What if I, you know, the project sucks? Anxiety in me is is heavily based on future um, worries and future fears that are that are driven by, I would say, normal things, which is like. We want to be successful. We want to be loved. We want to have friends. We want to do well, and um, and we want to have a life and have community. But it becomes unhealthy when it starts to become crippling, and it starts to you know loop and control our mind where we can't think of anything else. Um, and I found routine, and you know I do it on I show people on Instagram, which has actually helped a lot of people, and it's not anything new I I keep a calendar that's what it is (laughs) like it's I write down by the hour approximately what I'm going to do for the day Um, you know get up meditate journal dog time work out mix this song master this song chiropractor whatever podcast you know on Wednesdays and I found that to be so freeing to my for my brain power to be like I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day already so there's no more um having to worry about that. And that has created just space within my head to really be present, um, which is like the motto I have, which is one thing at a time. And I found that for me as a as an extrovert, being present is the way I find my peace. Um, because hmm. I think as an extrovert, I'm kind of always uh, romanticizing the next hangout, the group thing that's coming up, going out to dinner, going out for a drink, going to a concert with friends. 
and I'm kind of romanticizing all these things when currently, you know, it's like 9 a.m. and I have a full day ahead of me, but all I'm thinking about is the concert, you know, that's tonight um, and how I like that over being mm-hmm. alone in a room. And it starts to just create this kind of, you know, the anxiousness of I'm not present now. Now I'm thinking about the concert. Well, what am I going to wear? And who's going to be there? And what if I run into so-and-so? And then I hope they like the work I did for this band that's performing. And then all of a sudden it's really easy to be 12 hours ahead of myself, which is useless. You know, it's really, it's not helpful to the current situation, which is I have a client who paid me money to work on this EP and master it. And that's what I need to be focused on. And that to me is how I, you know, that's how I judge or how I approach things now is like, what can I do right now to make myself present? And that's how I find my peace um, within almost every situation. It's very grounding for me to just kind of take a breath, a big belly breath and go like, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? And if I feel any nervousness or stress or anxiety, I just I have the curiosity about it, but it took me a long time to even be able to be curious about it because it scared me of like what's happening. Oh, I'm you know I'm sweating or my mouth just went dry. What's going on? And um, but really, when you start to have that curiosity that you describe, Matt, um, I find that to be the most helpful thing because at the end of the day, for me, it usually circles around like I just want to be cool. Like I've said it before on the podcast, and I think it's really normal um, from what I've heard is like I just want to fit in, and I don't want to be viewed as a as a not cool person because Nashville is very cool, and and it's easy to get in that um, that cycle of needing approval and acceptance from other people. But I found over the years, the more I just accept myself and try to find people who like me for me and try to work with people who like my work, and I try not to be anyone I'm not, um, there's just a huge burden that's gone that I used to struggle with years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, at the end of the day, I found being myself has been one of the main um, reasons I've grown is because there's a clarity of who I am, what I stand for, what I like to do, and what I like to create. And I think that from a business standpoint, it's very stressful when you don't know kind of what you're doing and who you are and who you want to be as a business or, you know, as an engineer or whatever part of the industry you're in. Um, but I try to tell people, I'm like, however you hear music is, is how you should make it. You know, I think there's value in learning foundational things or studying people you love, their work. But at the end of the day, you're there will come a time just like a little bird, like you got to flap your wings and go out of the nest and you have to go find out what it is you do and what you're here to create. And that only happens in my opinion, once you accept yourself and you start going down that path of here's how I hear music, here's how I view life. And, and this is where I'm at and this is what I'm going to create now. And it doesn't mean you can't change and grow and make music a different way, you know, a few years later, it's like, I just texted you, Matt, today, I've, somebody asked me about what compressors I use for mastering. And I have such, I change up my signal flow and I've, I'm always experimenting and tinkering to try and figure out how things sound. And I told Matt, I was like, I actually haven't used a compressor in a long time because I've been like stacking limiter to EQ 
telemeter to EQ. <laughs> and like I told the guy that I was like, I haven't used a compressor in like a year, pretty much. Like just because I found this signal chain that I've set up within the analog world that I really think sounds cool and people seem to really dig it and it's different. And I mean it's not that different. I'm just stacking things up. But um and obviously limiting is also a form of compression. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny because I was like, the answer I gave him was one I wasn't even expecting to give. And I hadn't even thought about it because I've been so zoned in to just creating what I want to create and working how I want to work. Um, and that's where I find my joy and my peace. And then the other side of the margin thing, like, I definitely need rest. I definitely need time off. I don't work weekends. I don't exhaust myself during the day. I work like five or six hours max on music, and that's all my my brain can really take. And we've talked about it before, but I started to basically make my actual capacity of a day be about eighty percent of what I could actually do, strictly mm-hmm. to prevent myself from ever like redlining or hitting a brick wall. Like I don't mm. ever want to be that close to where it's like if I spend another ten minutes. I am just going to like explode. Like I don't even hmm. as soon as I feel anything like that where I'm like, "Oh, I'm kind of tired, but I'm in a good rhythm." Now I just stop because I know that rhythm will still be there and I know my success. I think when you first start, you're big on at least this is how I viewed it. I was big on like energy, momentum, creating the moment. And I think that's so emotionally driven. And you see a lot of artists, new artists, who like need to get drunk or need to get high or people that need substance to perform. And we don't need to go all into that. And sometimes people do perform better when they're intoxicated, whatever that means better. But I just found early on in my career that everybody was chasing this emotion, flow, something And I found that the professional people that I liked, my mentors, when I would watch them work or talk to them, it's like they're kicking butt at like 8 a.m., fully sober. Like they are, it's not based around emotion. It's a skill set they've acquired that they know how to execute, whether it's, you know, 8 a.m. or 9 p.m. when everybody wants to record and like, you know, get buzzed and make something special happen. Like a professional to me can always execute. And they don't need, um, in my opinion, to like have a certain amount of things set up in order to execute. Um, and that's what I feel like I've learned is for a long time I had trouble stopping because I was like, oh, I'm in a, a rhythm or like a flow. And, and I would be scared that I wouldn't be able to pick it up the next day. And then I, would, I just started trying it. I was like, you know what? It's 4.30. I eat dinner at 5 because I'm an old person. And I'll just see if I can pick it up in the morning at 8. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. 8 a.m., it's fine. I got fresh ears. It's better. Like, I wrap it quicker. (laughs) It's like the momentum I thought I had was actually not as critical as I thought it was. Like, my ears are fresh now at 8 a.m., and I'm actually making some really good changes and moves. And I think I get a better in product when I have a little break like that if I if it's time to stop. So it's creating those boundaries to me helps me create margin, which allows me to be my best self, allows me to be a better husband, better friend, and allows me to do my work better for my clients and serve them the best. So I think margin is really important, and I love the way, Matt, you described it. 
and I like the word margin, and I like the idea of finding your peace. That's great. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> um, I feel like that's about all I need to. I want to say on this. And okay. if you want to talk more, I would love to have you talk more about whatever. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I think I'll take us home on this. Take us um, home. So the last point I really want to touch on is sometimes people are anxious or uh, stressed out or they can kind of feel that uh, oncoming and uh, like, and it's like, I'll have that. And I'll be like, man, what, what is going on? Like, why am I? Yes, I have Why that am too. I feeling like yeah. that? Yeah, you do that? Yeah, yeah. that's very normal. And it's like you feel it coming out. And you're like, ah, here comes the wall. Yeah. And uh, I think what's important is being able to first stand out and then say, what is causing this? Yes. Um, and I have a couple things, and this is uh, probably for people who kind of are in the beginning stages. Um, but maybe your stress comes from not knowing how to manage your workflow. Maybe you do have so much going on um, that you just don't know how to manage it. Or maybe you just need to write out your day or write out uh, the clients that are coming in or whatever just to kind of get all that junk out of your head and onto paper. That helps out immensely. Uh, When I was in college, I didn't go to sleep before I had the next day written out. I wish I would... Uh, I wish I would have carried that on to today, and I still can do that. I just currently don't. Um, And maybe you'll find out, you know what, maybe you're not really that busy. And it's like, oh, well, crap, I have margin from here to here and from here to here. And I can either schedule more work here because I know I have that, and then you can judge your capacity, or you can rest. And there's nothing wrong with resting. I mean, we should do a whole episode on resting and why it's so important. I mean, music has rests. And it makes everything more dynamic. If you don't have a rest, then everything's just freaking slammed, like a brick wall that's coming at you. <laughs> so why not? Why should your day not be dynamic? So kind of an interesting thought. Um, maybe your stress fr- comes from not knowing how to manage your lack of workflow. So maybe you're freaking out because you don't have the clients that you want or you don't, you're not where you thought you would be or uh, you don't know where you should start in terms of like how do you fill things up and how do you go about life uh, in terms of like a studio and whatnot. My suggestion would be go back and listen from episode one and we tell you what to do mm-hmm. um, in terms of getting clients and defining your... Uh, defining your uh, your clientele and, and and knowing who that is, and then you can go after them, um, and knowing if this is a good fit for you. Um, so maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe your stress comes from not knowing how to manage your lack of workflow, um, or maybe you like just in general projects are just taking you too darn long, and it shouldn't be taking you this long, and you kind of know it. And it's like, man, what am I missing? So it's like definitely experiment and. I feel like if you ask people questions, they're more than happy to oblige with some type of answer about like workflow. I mean, workflows aren't secret. It's just how you go about working on a project. Um, and it's like, maybe it won't work for you. I mean, 
I was hanging out with Sam a couple months ago, and we, and he was just kind of going through his workflow, and I'm like, yep, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> but you get an insane result doing it, so you keep doing that. Right. Um, but it's just not how I generally do things, and there's nothing good or bad or wrong or whatever about it. It's just if you can make an incredible end product with that and your clientele is happy as hell and you have like return clients then nothing is wrong with what you were doing um so maybe your stress comes from never having run a business before and trying to figure it out and putting all those pieces together and maybe april 15th rolls up a little uh sooner than you thought and you didn't have all the expenses from last year taken care of maybe you don't know what april 15th means yet <laughs> yes and that could also be a point of stress and quarterly taxes um, yeah, it's tax day. Um, and if you're listening to it now and you're just finding out what April 15th is, uh, good luck. Um, may, have file an extension for October. Yes. I think that's the next one. Uh, maybe your stress comes from maybe you didn't know in the first place that you were running a business and this was a hobby that then turned into a business and then you didn't know how to manage that and you don't, know what's going to happen and you don't know how to go about that um my advice would be go back and listen to the first episodes of this podcast um and i feel like we touch a lot on that um if you need any more advice sam and i would be more than happy to help you put something together um maybe your stress comes from like you don't know what brings you peace so you can't create margin so if you're someone who needs margin and thrives on margin you and you must create that margin, maybe you don't know what brings you peace so you can create that margin. So I think, I think that's kind of how I want to wrap. And I think the first step of all of this is if you're stressed out, if you're anxious, if you just like, you just feel all this like BS tension and stuff like that, maybe you're just like, maybe I need to define this and maybe I need to give this a name because when you give it a name and you write it down or whatever you do about it, um, it becomes a little bit more obvious on how to create somewhat of a systematic approach to defeat this and to find peace. Um, so yeah, I think that's. I think I'm done here. I love it. Let's end with Are that. Are you done here? That was a beautiful little monologue. Well, thank you. My closing statements. I'm not touching it. We're done. All right, cool. So, Sam, why don't you go ahead and uh, cue up the music? And uh, I think uh, I think on that we're going to end. So, uh, morning, afternoon, evening. Hope this isn't too abrupt, but whatever you're having, <laughs> have a darn good one. Get rid of uh, get rid of that stress, and maybe one of these days I'll take my own advice. So, <laughs> Sam, cue the music. Cueing. 